Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. I've come across some young people who are so just so distracted by mainstream media, music, and everything that's going on, that they just are not looking for like educational opportunities, work opportunities that would, you know, really move them into another lifestyle as they get older. They're just so preoccupied with um, everything on YouTube and, and the conversations and the music and keeping up with, and it's unfortunate, but it's great that you, you know, you were keeping your eyes open and just wanted to, you know, see what things were, you know, what was available and, and then pursuing them and even throwing your name in the hat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, when they, when people talk about technology and how it's a, it, it's such a, it's a tool that you can use for your good or for, or your loss. Right. So, I don't know how I would have been if I had, like, if I were an undergrad right now, because there's, like you said, there's so many distractions with social media and selfies and Snapchat and all that. But if, if you're focused, like, it's also amazing. Like, there's LinkedIn <laughs> and there's all these, all these Facebook groups that you can just say, Hi, my name is Soribel. I'm an undergrad. I'm looking for opportunities and this and that. And you have all these more senior women or people of color or whoever, whatever your demographic is. And they're like, yeah, I'll help you. Just call me. Just send send me your resume. Let me look. Like, there's so much more support now. But you have to be really focused and really, you know, not let yourself be distracted by social media. Right. So I, I intend to do an episode where I, I talk about different scholarships for people who might be wanting to get information about things they may not know about. So you, you, you dropped a lot of nuggets here in this conversation. You talked about one from the United Negro College Fund, the foreign affairs opportunity that you came across that brought you to Spelman. I'm not sure if that was the same one. Then the, then the Pickering Fellowship. There's also the Wrangell Fellowship. And there's a foreign affairs IT fellowship as well for people who mm-hmm. are on the technical side of things. So for people who are listening, please share with your young people, high school kids, you know, the, the Wrangling Pickering Fellowship gives you opportunities to get involved in foreign affairs from your junior year in college. So pass the information along for people who might need to know. That's why we exist here on this podcast is to share information to Um, empower people to find opportunities, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
can you speak to any challenges you may have had over the years, just finding your way, your sense of belonging as first-generation American immigrant parents and, you know, just making your way through this American space? Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Like, there's a lot of, I'm sure, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, and there's a lot of kind of self-doubt, right? Like, a lot of, do I belong here? Do I, should I be here? Like, should I not shoot high because I can't make it? And you know what I mean? There's a lot of that. Um, But I would say, like, ignore that and there's a there's I don't remember who said this but somebody said feel the fear and do it anyway so feel and respect your fears but do it anyway because and this is something that kind of I think about and it's it's as if we forget that you know, we are a country of immigrants, right? So because you and I are first generation doesn't mean that we're any less, right? Because this country was founded by immigrants. <laughs> so so it's not like, you know, it's not like Germany or, or I don't know, like France. Like this country is a country of immigrants. Yes. So even if you came like 20 years ago or five like or even if your uh, family came in the Mayflower it's still a country of immigrants so so like I I think we forget that sometimes like and a lot of times way too often we forget right yeah and you know I think it's also how it's framed in the in the media right like when someone is non-white, it's an immigrant from or whose parents are from, but we're all immigrants. So, yeah, sometimes it can be like we mischaracterize how how this country came to be. Right, right, right. All far too often in the general narrative it's kind of like are we speaking of the united states i mean like we have a statue of liberty and what that represents right so it's just amazing how often that gets lost in the general narrative and and people just uh behave like they have amnesia as to where their family or families are from and this whole issue of imposter syndrome that you you talk about um you I, i i struggled with it too and I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably are going through it now, trying to find a place of a sense of belonging and, you know, that you have rights as well, not rights as not rights to or rights as well, that we all have, we have human rights and, and civil rights. And, you know, we can have another conversation on that, but I, this whole issue about, you know, just living in the shadows and being humble and not, occupying the space that you're supposed to occupy is, um, is is a much larger conversation that needs to be had. And the immigrant mentality is just to work hard and not to rock the boat. And oftentimes we end up losing because of that. You know, we have to work, be able to function in the 
as they say, the sandbox, be able to play well with others too. But, you know, you, you have to look out for yourself at times because we get left behind a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. The whole working twice as hard or half as much, it's real. It's completely real. And let me just say this, like, where you immigrated from is also also makes a huge difference uh, because not all immigrants are treated the same. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like there's, this is another conversation, but it's definitely a more difficult experience for people who come from certain places uh, than others. And, you know, it's, it's not the story that we want to tell. We want to tell that everyone is equal, but it's not. <laughs> it, it's, it's not true. Where your parents are from, where you came from, does make a difference, unfortunately. Right, right. A people's lived experience doesn't equate to this whole conversation about our aspirations for equality and equity, right? And so... That's why we're having the conversation, <laughs> right? Just to make people aware because awareness can help you manage, manage difficulties in different spaces that you may find yourself, whether it's at work, at school, different settings, you know, because uh, I've struggled over the years, not really being able to have conversations like this and just acknowledging that some of these issues do exist. Because at one time I just kind of felt like I see this but everybody's like walking past it like it's not real. And I'm like, can I actually just talk to somebody to say, I'm struggling with this and I see this. What does this mean? <laughs> but everybody that I was coming across just wanted, to, were afraid to have the conversation. And so, I, I, you know, I stepped out and we're having it. So hopefully this is beneficial to other people and will help you have a more peaceful, more abundant journey here in the United States. We're all here to contribute. We're all contributing in some way or another. And, you know, we value your contributions as immigrants. So do you have any advice for people, you know, who are new to the country about how to just to get along and flourish and, and to thrive here. It can be challenging for people who are new and, and don't understand the culture and might not have a community to fall back on, you know? Yeah, I think the first thing and I would say the most important thing is to learn the language. Uh, you know, you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to have a PhD in the language nobody has. I mean, no, no immigrant has ever qualified to come here because of their language <laughs> abilities. But I think once you're here, learning the language is the most important. And I would say, um, like, find community, but also find community outside of your own community, your own demographic. Uh, so, like, try to talk to people of other backgrounds, of uh, other ethnicities, so that you can understand like their own experiences and you can sympathize and you can, uh, you can see how you're similar as well. Like for me, Brooklyn College was amazing uh, because there are so many different ethnicities and age groups and religions 
And I think that was, for me, that was like, I don't, I don't think you can have that kind of experience anywhere else in the U.S. So I think, you know, if you, as the more you can expose yourself to other experiences, the better. That will just make life easier for you. So you can understand what's going on in the media, what's going on in government, what's going on um, even around the world, like just immersing yourself in other cultures. I mean, I say this as a New Yorker, right? I know it's easy for me to say because I'm from New York, the melting pot, right? It may not be the same for other states, but as much as you can, try to talk to other people and not just uh, stay in your own little community. Uh, I think that just opens your mind and your horizons so much more. Right. We'll continue to eat our thousand calorie platanos and um, mm-hmm. and dance to bachata. We thank you so much for sharing your story here on the immigrant experience, sorry, Belle. Well, thank you for having me. I this was fun. <laughs> yes, yes, we've we've we we made it and we got around to having the conversation and I we hope that it will impact some of our listeners or many of our listeners, particularly our our millennials or younger generation who are seeking out other opportunities to do some of the great things that you've done. Yeah, and I hope this was helpful in you know that it can help someone else. Uh even if it's one person, <laughs> that would be a reward for me. Right, right. Can can you share just a little bit about what the exposure to Department of State has done for for you and maybe doors that it may have it may have opened other, you know, exposing you to things that you probably were not exposed to before and now you're at Meta. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, like um let's see. State was, you know, a great 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 foundation for me especially going into my first tour to Eastern Europe, to Romania, uh, <laughs> a country that I knew nothing about. And uh, I only knew like Dracula, <laughs> Romania, Dracula. Uh, and like, it was close to Russia. Uh, but it just like, it opens my eyes to another like part of the world that I wouldn't have gone to or I I wasn't even thinking about it um so that was that was great and um you know just meeting people from eastern europe and understanding their their culture their fears uh and now I can understand what's going on in ukraine like I am a very informed reader because of the similarities between ukraine and romania in the the history that they have uh so that's you know that's always a plus understanding what's going on in the world i would also say just like the network that i have is great because you know there are wonderful people at state it's it's a place where you have the best of the best really you do so you know those relationships and those friendships that i cultivated and that I still have, that's amazing. But just my professional network was like what helped me transition into Meta. It was another former State Department employee who, you know, 
refer me to this job and help me. So, you know, state has been the best thing to happen to me. Um, so I'm really thankful for those eight years. And in the future, hopefully I can, I don't know, go back and have uh, uh, an influence or contribute some way uh, in some capacity to to that great organization. It has its challenges too. Like it's <laughs> not all roses and, and uh, you know, it's, it, it has its challenges, but every employer, every organization does. But the, the mission is, is a good one and one that I'm really proud to have been part of. Right. And being able to live and work overseas for the U.S. government and the exposure that you get is like bar none, right? Uh, I know some people talk about possibly, you know, political uh, being a political appointee. Like some people might not want to do the full career foreign service, but they might do other things and then perhaps have opportunities later on in their life to go back as a political political appointee in other um, areas. So who knows what might present itself for you, Ms. Sorabelle? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's when you go as a political appointee, like I'm, I think having the, the background where I serve and I, you know, went through the whole process and, you know, went through the consular uh, requirement and did, you know, did things uh, from a career-minded standpoint, that's really important because then people respect you more than as if you just, you just landed there because you campaigned for the right person. You know, that, that can, you know, people will not uh, respect that as much as, you know, compared to, okay, I was here and I understand the bureaucracy and, I did time here, so so I think you know I think that is definitely uh, an advantage. Right to be you know being a foreign a career foreign service, you mean being more of an advantage to being a political appointee. Yeah, and it just gives you more credibility with uh, your colleagues. If you go back as a political appointee, it just gives you more credibility. Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Say hello to mom for me and tell her we'll probably come through for some platanos at some point. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to get together and I'm going to have to look up that dembao and and dance some uh, uh, bachata from the DR. Um, Yeah. What are some services that you offer and how do our listeners get in touch with you if if they're seeking out coaching or information regarding um, any of your initiatives that you're currently involved in? Yeah, um, thank you for asking. Um, So I offer uh, career transition services. And what does that mean? That means um, 
my 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 audience is specifically public sector employees, so federal workers, state workers, Hill staffers, uh, nonprofit employees, veterans. Um, so what happens when you're in the public sector and you want to transition into the private sector, especially into tech? You have a really hard time translating your resume, translating your experiences and your skills into private sector jargon. And so people that want to make the jump, sometimes they just get paralyzed because they cannot, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to take the first step. And sometimes they, you know, they talk with people a lot, but they never like actually get to it. So what I offer is kind of like, I can hold your hand and walk you through it. Uh, what I, you know, what I say to my clients is that you need to, your mind needs to be made up. I'm not here to convince you and tell you, yes, you should do it. Your mind should be made up. But then after that, I can offer, um, you know, resume writing services, um, LinkedIn optimization services. Uh, if the person, you know, I, I also like to kind of like uh, collect some um, job open openings that that person may be qualified for. Uh, and depending on their interests, I can send like weekly job postings and say, hey, we can tailor your resume to this job. This job would be good for you. Uh, and then after that, uh, I offer mock interviews and uh, negotiation, so salary negotiation uh, services. So, you know, it's a whole package and people can choose the whole package or they can choose just one service. And you know, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. I'm also active on Twitter, but LinkedIn is, is, is more my, my jam. Um, and I do have, like, on my LinkedIn page, I have, like, another page that directs people to my services. And what's the, na what's the name of that page? Uh, it's just, like, a, it's on my LinkedIn. There's no name for it. It's just, uh, like, embedded into my LinkedIn page. Oh, it is. Okay. It's not a separate page then. Okay. And it's, it's your name or it, or it says transitioning to government or what should people look for? Um, it should just be like Sorbel and like the services that I offer. So it doesn't oh. have a name, but let me just tell you that I, I am working on my own. I'm, I'm working on making it like, like, that's a legit business, right? Uh, I do have a few clients that I've helped and that I'm working with. And I'm working on the whole thing. And it's um, it's going to be called Fed to Tech. And, um, you know, I'm going to definitely do more marketing and SEO for that. But um, for now, it, you know, I, I don't have that much time because I have a, a full-time job. And uh, let me just tell you about my other project. I'm working on an ebook that describes um, my transition uh, and also where I include a lot of tips on like how you can position yourself for a private sector job. Like what skills can you say that, what are your transferable skills? Because, you know, people that spend, I know I, I had that problem when I, when I was in government, I was like, oh my God, what are my skills? I don't know. Uh, but you do have skills if you're in government and in the public sector. And um, my goal with that ebook is to kind of help people translate those those skills. Okay, wonderful, wonderful to hear. So you can find Sorry Bell on LinkedIn, Sorry Bell Feliz.
Her name will be posted on uh, in the show notes with some details there that you can find her. Can you tell us a bit quickly, sorry, Belle, about your uh, CryptoBytes uh, initiative, um, uh, if you would like to share? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I think crypto is the future, is the future of finance. Um, and it's the technology behind crypto blockchain is the future behind a lot of technological innovations. Uh, and I want to see more diversity in it. I don't see a lot of diversity. A lot of the voices and the influencers are white males or Asian males. Uh, not a lot of women, but in, but especially not a lot of women of color. So I want to make sure that people are informed because what I've seen in the past is that Blacks and Hispanics, specifically Blacks and, Black and Hispanic women, get left behind on everything. And then we just, we have to like fight our way through, fight our way to the table, fight for everything. But this is being built as we speak. And I think the earlier we push for a seat at the table, the better off we will be. And so every, you know, I don't have a specific day, but whenever it comes to mind, whenever I see something interesting, I publish CryptoBytes because I think, you know, I, I do have a platform where, you know, younger women of color follow me and I want them to get interested in this. I want them to learn about it, either investing or finding a job in the industry because it's, it's going to influence so much of our lives. Uh, and so, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit more with that, just like kind of form a community where people can, you know, just be educated, like find information, because there's so much information out there, but just find like no nonsense filter information on crypto. Uh, and so I publish that every week. Okay, wonderful. So check out Sorry Bell on LinkedIn for all of the information mentioned before. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, Subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.